Hi Spurs people, Steve Perryman here. Uh, two schools of thought today, very happy with the league position, but very sad also with today being the funeral of the great Ray Clements. Only a few people allowed to attend, uh, but his teammates were well represented by Ozzy and Paul Miller inside and both the Allen boys outside. With, with others. Uh, we have to say as a positive that Ray lived a great life during his 72 years with a hugely successful pro professional playing career and helped create and shape a wonderful family to be very proud of. His son Stephen and some of the grandchildren, I think it was three, spoke so well during the funeral. Ray was humble, yet competitive, with a strong mentality, uh, but such a positive manner about him as, as a person. We certainly knew how, but even more importantly, when to enjoy himself. He had a great sense of humour and I would bet money, hope I'm not wrong, that he wouldn't want us to be too down tonight now that he's, he's resting after uh, a 15 year struggle. I think uh, Jose Mourinho sent Stephen and family a message, legends never die. And I know that he created Ray created such a legacy that he will certainly never walk alone. The great Bill Shankly is on record as saying that Ray Clements was his best signing ever. Praise indeed, eh, from such a brilliant manager. Howard, you saw the same virtual ceremony as me. Um, anything to add, sir, being a, being a a great friend of Ray and V's. Well, as I said last week, Ray and V have been friends with us for 38 years, which is a long time in anyone's book. Um, and everything that one says about Ray, his, his professionalism, his dedication to his family, his self-effacing and very positive attitude. I had the honor to be chairman of his benefit committee at Tottenham and, um, Get, I therefore met a lot of people who knew Ray and uh, everyone was uniformly positive about what a great guy he was. And uh, Tara, our daughter, was around today watching it with us and the tears were flowing. I bet, I bet. For good reason. So Howard, um, uh, we talked maybe a bit later about about Ray, but uh, you've got some Arsenal stories or tales for us. So go on, Howard, go for it. So we had a decent result against Chelsea, but now it's time for the real thing. Spurs v Arsenal, the North London derby. There are plenty of other derbies, but none more fiercely contested than this one. If anyone doesn't know the events that caused such intensity so long ago, but still re resonates down the years, if they would like to find out, 
let us know and I'm happy to write to you. There was not too much between the club's post-war from 1919 right up to 1995, when along came Arsene Wenger. And for the next 20 years, he was their only manager, whilst we got through 16. This might explain why this period saw Arsenal so much more successful than us. According to the law of averages, we should have faced Arsenal a fair few times in the FA Cup. In fact, the first and only time in the pre-60s was the third round in 1948 at Highbury. We lost 3-0. The next time we were drawn against each other was the third round in 1982, played on the 2nd of January. That date was the day before my 30th birthday. We had been waiting desperately for the draw for the third round so she could make arrangements for my big day. She was now desperate about the game, knowing how miserable I would be if we lost, especially to them. This was our FA Cup. We had won it at Wembley just last May. So to imagine losing it at the first attempt and to them would be intolerable. The game was in the end not very special. We dominated the match without any more goals to add to the one from Garth Crooks. Their goalkeeper that day was none other than Pat Jennings, who unbelievably had left us for Arsenal. Unlike most players who have made that switch, Pat never really wanted to leave. It was a misunderstanding by the Spurs board. Towards the end of the first half, Garth received the ball on the edge of the area and shot. He got very little power into the strike, but somehow the usually ultra-reliable Pat dived over the ball, which then crossed the line. Later on in the game, Arsenal played a ball down toward the corner. Pat ran from his goal and stretched, but all he achieved was to strain a muscle and be carried off. The following day, we had a dinner party with 30 people. I had prepared a few words in case that happened. After dinner, I spoke and said, Above all else, I want to thank the one person who has made this weekend so special. Around the table, everyone shouted Viv. She knew better than that. I said Garth Crooks, and we drank a toast. There have been so many games against Arsenal that I have many stories to tell. It's always very emotional, that's for sure. This one is one of my favourite games. Our daughter Tara had married Matt in 2007. He had no football background, which made life relatively easy for us to mould him. He asked if he'd come to a match where we had a spare ticket. Matt's a smart guy. He knew Viv was away at the time of the League Cup semi-final against Arsenal in 2008. So he came with me to this game. Tara was very worried that if we lost, I would be horrible. I don't think I'm that difficult, but in the end, it didn't matter. We won 5-1. White Hart Lane rocked that night. Matt jumped up with delight every time we scored. And now he is found watching every Spurs game together with his son, the aforementioned nine-year-old Zebby, who is a fanatic. There you go. The legacy goes on, Howard. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to talk about some Arsenal individuals that I've come across in my time. One special game for me, um, mid-70s, when I home game, we won 2-0. I managed to score a sort of a half volley, crashed it into the top of the net above uh, Pat Rice's head. And during that game, I also took a kick in the eye from Liam Brady. I certainly don't think he fouled. I think he was going for the ball. But uh, it made me look like a boxer for, for the rest of the game while I, while I stayed on. So people always talk about that injury and that goal to me um, when they're trying to make a case for players not being 
quite tough enough these days and so easy to fall over. But uh, to score against the, the big opponents was, was a fantastic uh, time for me and actually got me out of a bit of a, a poor run of form and put me back in the good books of, of uh, the supporters. Uh, I also want to talk about um, someone like Alan Ball. Alan Ball being one of the people who won the World Cup 66 for us and who couldn't respect and like all of those players that, that achieved that great honour. And in my early days, um, one of my early games at Everton, uh, Alan Ball chirped up in his way and said to me, if this team ever fucking wins anything, I'll eat my hat. And I thought, oh, you, you've got other senior players you could be saying that to, not a 17-year-old. Probably picked a soft target, but um, I never quite took to him after that. But of course, in the back of my mind is the World Cup and the great job he did for the team during that famous victory. So in later years, and people always wonder how Arsenal and Spurs players get on together off the field, and you would all know probably about Graham Ricks and, and Glenn Hoddle's friendship. Uh, but this one day, um, after the game, I don't even remember the result as such, but it was the, the years where we had a, a players room in the old car park up the steps there used to be the sort of snooker room and um, I'm stood at the bar waiting for a drink or whatever and tap on the shoulder and Alan Ball says to me you don't like me son do you I said not really Alan he said you would if you played with me which is about right that is about right the fact that you play for the, the other lot up the road, as much as you sort of deep down respect them for whatever they've achieved in their career and what a player he was, Alan Ball, you couldn't bring yourself to, to sort of own up to liking them. So from that moment on, we were actually better together. And, um, and I met him on a few occasions, especially when we retired. And I was at a function uh, the night before he died and um, very, very sad event. I also want to talk about a game, Howard, where you and Vivian came to support me, uh, as you'd always done over the years, but this time playing for Oxford United, mm. which is where I left and joined Oxford to try and help keep them up. And we were doing really well with regard to that. And Last game of the season, Arsenal at home. Manor ground, six and a half thousand capacity. So I'd played probably seven or eight games by this time. And the only way I could get seat tickets was if the opponents didn't take their allocation. Nothing to play for with this Arsenal team. Last game of the season, a dead tie as, as such. So I was able to get you some tickets, Howard and Viv, and, and probably my brother and a friend and, and another couple. But you were sat right in the middle of the Arsenal supporters. And you can imagine the 
abuse that they gave me as an ex-Spurs man. So not too much on the game for them and we were winning 3-0. So the game was ours. And I remember a throw-in over in the top corner, which is where all the Arsenal seated supporters were, yep. where you were, Howard. Yep. And I thought, yeah, let's try and roll them up. So I went over and take a throw-in. People that see me play, I never take a throw-in, not as a midfield player. And they were all, oh, they were spitting blood and I put three fingers up my back to say, not two fingers, three fingers to say, we're three nil up. Go on, give me some more. Anyway, they didn't quite take to that. And eventually we win the game. And I do not know why this happened. The crowd were kept in at the manor ground. So we're sort of celebrating back in the dressing room, having avoided relegation. And that wasn't a bad team, that Oxford United team, because they'd won the League Cup in the March. So sat in there like I was at the end of every game, absolutely shattered. The door flies open. In comes Mr. Robert Maxwell, the chairman. He announces to everyone, because he's holding the League Cup, go, go on to the field of play and show the crowd the League Cup. So everyone got up and they're, they're ready to sort of celebrate a bit more, albeit with the supporters outside, and they were going to go and start a lap of honour. I sat down. He said, Perriman, you two, you go. I said, no, Mr Chairman, I didn't win the, the League Cup because I was actually cup-tied. I didn't win it, so let the chaps have, the, have their lap of glory, honour. No, you must go, you go. So I ended up being about 20 yards behind these people, the team. And they were showing the crowd, taking it in turns, showing the trophy to the supporters. And then by the time they got up the far end, that far corner where the Arsenal supporters were, the Oxford United players have sort of got fed up with, with showing the cup. So they'd said to me once or twice previously, Steve, take the cup, show the cup to the supporters. No, 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 not me. I, I didn't win it. Anyway, as we got close to the Arsenal supporters, I decided to take the cup and hold it up in front of them to celebrate, having given me all the abuse that they'd given me during that, that game. Of course, the Arsenal supporters were not happy but within it all, I saw some sets of eyes of people that I recognised, Howard, Viv, my brother, etc. And their eyes are saying to me, please don't say hello to us. Please don't show this mob that you're our, we're your friends. So I took pity on them and I didn't, uh, I didn't show out to them. But, we appreciate uh, that. Of course, we had a meet up after and had a, had a beer because of, end of season avoiding relegation um so yeah that's my that's my time with uh, arsenal supporters when i was manager at brentford i took uh, paul merson 17 years of age he lived around the corner from where my mother and father lived in northolt so i know all about him uh, we took him on loan striker 
never been anywhere near the first team yet. And I've got to say, he played nine games for us and we were unbeaten in the nine games, albeit he didn't score. But I loved his movement. I loved his desire to run forward and play and get in behind defences. After the very first training session, remember this is a 17-year-old, and I shouldn't tell this story really, but when I hear Paul Merson on television and, and various talks I've heard him give, he seems to sort of delight in the fact that he was a drinker and a gambler and whatever else. So I don't think I'm telling any secrets here. After the very first training session, I report back to, as manager, to Griffin Park. And for whatever reason, walked through the bar. Now, I didn't normally do that. I walked through the bar called the center spot in the middle of Griffin Park. There at the bar is a 17-year-old Paul Merson with the biggest pint of beer in front of him on the first day of our training. So I said to him, what are you doing? What are you doing with it? Steve, this is what we do. This, all the players have a drink after training. Ah, so I got him in my office later on and told him how things were going to be different at Brentford. So a couple of um, a couple of stories there, um, lots of other things to talk about for the Arsenal games, and I'm sure we will get onto them uh, for the return game. We uh, we need to uh, to wish our team good luck for the weekend. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't normally count for anything, um, the, the current form in, in such a tense derby game. But I'm sure that we'd all, you know, we'd own up to all want to be in, in our position rather than our opponent's current uh, run of results. And um, I want to say good luck to a little lad called Austin seven years old i know his grandson uh, he's the grandson of a friend of mine called ash who's one of the leaders of the maidenhead spurs this little lad is uh, ash's pride and joy he is going to be a virtual mascot at the game on sunday and he's received from the club this week his uh, his mascot kit and uh, I think about six or eight uh, youngsters uh, are allowed to do this. They, uh, they send off a photograph and they get it shown up on the screen when the teams come out. So it'll be a very proud day for him. Austin, good luck to you. And also to your granddad, Ash. So i um, going to close now. Um, rest in peace, Ray Clements. I want you to remember two things that we heard about him. Uh, Jose, classy man that he is, said to Stephen Clements, legends never die. And also Bill Shankly's words that Ray Clements was his best ever signing. So we'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening and um, we'll see you next week. Up the Spurs. Give a cheer. Come on. Those 2,000 that are going, well done. Well done for winning in the lottery or the raffle or whatever it's called. But uh, give some 
give them a cheer for us and shout as loud as you can for all those who can't be with you. So up the spurs and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye.